Masechet Yomadaf Lamed Aleph 31. We have been discussing the first time the Kohen comes into the Bet HaMikdash, he has to do Tevilah. In fact, any Kohen, anyone, anytime, who's coming into the courtyard for the first time in the day has to make Tevilah. We saw two reasons, Rabbi Zeras, as it's Doraita, he learns it from a Kalvachomer, and Rabbi Yehuda, who says, it's just a drabanan, it's just to check, uh, uh, make sure, uh, to remember, have you been uh, in touch with anything Tameh in the past few days? So by doing Tevilah, that will just jog your memory. And we saw the other opinion of Rabbanan, who say, no, a regular person does not have to um, do Tevilah at all, um, except for Misora. Uh, so now we're going to follow up with uh, a few very interesting questions. According to the Biuda, since you don't, you're, you don't actually have to go to the Mikveh Midoraita, it's just there as a reminder. So since it's only a reminder, then um, it, let's say you know, you're wearing a bandage or have something on, or you know, do you have to worry about chatzitza or not? Normally, if you're actually tameh and have to become tahor, then you cannot have any chatzitza, nothing interposing, no, no clothing or, or, or anything else, jewelry, right? Um, but um, since this one is only as a reminder, so maybe it doesn't matter if there is a chatzitza because it will work as a reminder no matter what, even if it's not technically a kosher tevilah. That was uh, Bayez's question, and Rabbi Yosef answers, A general principle occurs uh, many times throughout Shas, um, that anytime the rabbis make an uh, institution, they make it in parallel, similar to a Doraita. So they're not going to, you know, if they say that you need a Tevila, then you have to do the Tevila with all the restrictions requirements require, uh, of a regular tevilah that would be the oraita. So yes, te, uh, chatzitza would be a problem. And that's a very important principle that uh, the rabbis are going to um, uh, borrow, piggyback on uh, something that is the same as a deoraita law, uh, otherwise it'd be too confusing and uh, wouldn't really even look like it was an actual tevilah. Uh, now another question uh, from the same sages, what if someone enters the courtyard only partially? This question can actually come up today in a slightly different variation. If you go to the Kotel and stick your fingers in between the, the, uh, the stones, you know, to put a, um, to put a, a, a tefillah, a paper in there, right? So technically, the, uh, is, uh, this discussion, uh, is that considered putting, uh, going into the uh, Temple Mount area? And would you have to then um, be, uh, you know, do tevila before before you put your fingers in between or not? Um, so this would be a similar question, except here uh, we're talking about someone sticking a uh, one limb and into the actual courtyard. So would they require a tevila just for that, or only if they put their whole the entire bodies in? Answer: Actually, we have a good answer for this. Um, our thumbs will prove it because of Misora on his eighth day when he is Tahor, but he still has to bring the sacrifices and get blood uh, put on his thumb and toe. So he sticks his thumb in and he has to do Tevilah beforehand, uh, even though he's not entering his whole body. So the answer is yes, even partial entrance is considered a, an entrance and does require uh, that one goes to the mikveh beforehand. Ibaya lehu, third question. sakin aruka Let's say someone gets a very long knife, long enough that he could stay outside 
you know, of the, you know, so let's, let's say in the, in the, in the, Ezrat um, Nashim, and, uh, and stick the knife through a Nikanor gate and be able to do Shechita on an animal while the animal is inside the Azara and he is outside. Would he require Tevila? So, so is it a requirement of actually entering? He didn't enter the courtyard, so maybe he doesn't have to. But, or is it about the Avodah? He is doing an Avodah. The Shechita is an Avodah. Happens to be, can be done by a Kohen or a non-Kohen, but it still is an essential part of the service. Or is it about the Avodah that he is doing inside and therefore he would have to do Tevila even though he's physically outside? Okay, good question. And we're gonna ask it um, according to all opinions. So we'll ask it according to Ben Zamai, who says you have to when you enter, you have to uh, you have to go in midoraita. Is that only true when you actually enter? But if you're outside, then you don't have to do tibila. So what? So my knife, so I'm I'm I have a long knife. I'm not entering, I don't have to. Or maybe you'll say, eh, even though I have a long knife, I'm staying outside, I'll come to be drawn inside. Right? I'm not going to get a good grip. I'm not, uh, you know, I need to fix something in there. I have to, you know, uh, uh, go and and, uh, and get closer. So I'll end up uh, inside. So since we have to worry about that, um, so you have to do Tevila just in case you end up coming inside. Uh, so that's two sides of the question, according to Ben Zoma. We can also ask, according to Rabbanan, who say that you don't have to go, a regular person does not have to go into the, uh, into the mikveh before going into the courtyard. But maybe this one is actually more machmir. Why? When the rabbis disagreed with Rabbi Yudah, and they said that um, a regular person does not have to go to the mikveh before entering the courtyard, that was just about entering the courtyard. All right, he just, go uh, he wants to look around and uh, you know, just hang out there. And then in that case, he does not have to do tibila. But if he's doing a service inside the courtyard, and maybe even if he's outside the courtyard, it's not about physically being present. It's about doing an avodah, no matter where you are. And even though you're outside, but you're doing it, you're doing shechita. So even maybe Rabbanan, who generally say you don't need it, maybe in this case, they would need it. Or maybe they would say, no, it doesn't matter, right? Whether you're, you're doing avodah or not doing avodah, doesn't matter. You're not. You don't have to go to the mikveh. Uh, take or answer is uh, we leave the we leave the dilemma standing. Uh, we're going to leave it up to you to discuss and uh, try to come up with proofs or disproofs. Uh, but we, the, the Talmud does not resolve it. All right. So those are three very interesting uh, uh, theoretical questions. And uh, now we get to the next part of the Mishnah that says, in general, over the course of Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol, every time he changes uh, clothing, he has to uh, both wash his hands and feet and do and go to the mikveh. Um, he goes to the mikveh in between and he washes his hands and feet before and after. So that's why there's five tevilot and 10 times he will wash his hands and feet before and after uh, regarding each of the changes of clothing. Um, but exactly when he does the Kiddush Yadam Beraglaim is what we're going to discuss right now. Tendora Banan. Chamesh Tevilot Vasara Kiddushin Tobel Kohen Gadol Umekadesh Bobayom. Bechulan Bakodesh Bebet Haparva. 
חוץ מלשונה שהייתה בחול על גבי שער המים ובסד לשכתו הייתה. So uh, here is a בנייתה that's going to add some more information from, to, to the משנה. So he does five tevilot and ten times washes his hands and feet, that's at the kiyor. Um, and they were all, all those, all the tevila, all the mikveh, mikvot are done in bet haparva, which we saw was on the, the south side, um, on the uh, on, you know, upstairs. Except for the first one, the first one was done outside the courtyard near near Shad Hamayim. Because after the first one, he's now entering, right? He didn't, he's not there yet. He's entering into it. So, like we said, the first time you enter, you have to, to go to the mikveh. And that was Besad Lishkatoita. That was near the Lishka where he where he stayed. Uh, okay, that's the Braita. Amar Abaye Shema Mine Ayn Aitam Gavoa Mikalka Azara Asrim Veshalosh Amot. Um so since the mikveh that he goes into is on the second floor, right? Um so that would mean that the that that uh, um uh, needs to get water from something that's even higher. Uh, wait, let's see his proof. Ditnan, kola petachim shayu sham, govhan, aisrim amma, berochban, aiser amot, hus michel ulam. All of the entranceways uh, throughout the Bet HaMikdash are 20 amot high and 10 wide, except for the ulam, which is even bigger. But uh, we're, we're interested in the 20 high. Vitanya, berachas besarobamayim bememikveh. And when it says wash, it doesn't mean wash like a, with a, a shower. It means he has, to end, he has to immerse himself totally in water. All of his water has, has to touch everywhere. So it has to be an actual mikveh. And so how big does a mikveh have to be so the person can be entirely immersed? Well, one ama by one ama square and three amot tall. Right now, we're assuming that the three amot is tall. I mean, technically, if it was on the side, like a bathtub, and you lie down in it, it's also okay. If you do the calculation, which we once did, it adds up to 40 se'ah, which is um, about 80, 90, 100 gallons, different different calculations, exactly how much. Like a pretty, a, a pretty big bathtub. Um, but since it describes it as one by one by three, um, assuming that it would be most convenient for the Kohen Gadol to go inside standing up and not have to lie down. Um, three amot is a little bit shorter than a person, but you can kind of crouch down, I guess, and put, put your head down. So assuming that the mikveh is three tall and it's on the second story, right? It's above a sha'ad. So, and the sha'ad is 20 amot high. So therefore the top of the mikveh is gonna be 23 amot high. Now this mikveh has to be filled up with water. What's the water source? Well, it comes from an aqueduct. Um, and this aqueduct comes all the way from a town called Ayn Aitam, that is uh, all the way here south of Bethlehem. Okay, um, this aqueduct still exists today, at least partially, it was destroyed when the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed, but it was in use before that for a very long time. Here's a remnant of it still there. And so it's traveling all these many miles uh, from here all the way to the Bet HaMikdash. And since gravity, uh, has, you need gravity to pull it down the entire time, and the, Bet, the Temple Mount is pretty high itself, and this is going to be 23 amot, 20 for the, for the height of the Sha'ad, and then three more amot for the height of the actual mikveh. So therefore, Anetam has to be significantly higher than that. Um, in fact, you can go there and measure and um, it is about 25 meters higher than the Temple Mount. 
so uh, it has to go over many miles. But if you've ever seen them, you know, they are, they do go down very, very gradually, just a few inches um, at a time. And so that is how we got the water into the mikveh that the Kohen Gadol used. Um, okay, good. And uh, so now we go on and um, a little bit more of a question about that. Hold on. I know you said that the, the, the archway, the entrance is 20 amot high, but then you need a ceiling, right? So you need some thickness. Don't need another ama for a thickness of a ceiling. And then the mikveh would be on top of that. Uh, answer is Sharim de Bet Mikdash Kevan de Shishanin Hu Bemashu Abdilehu. Now, since they're made out of marble, and the marble is very strong, even a thinner piece of marble is fine. You don't need a whole ama for the ceiling. Okay, but besides that, don't you need something at least? I mean, you also need a floor, it has to be, you know, has to be waterproofed. Uh, so why don't you say 23 and uh, and change? Answer is kevan de amta It's not a full ama, so we we just uh, rounded it down. So you're right; it would be 23 plus something for the ceiling and the the roof and the and the floor uh, of the mikveh, uh, but we don't count that. All right, good. So now we got a little bit of architecture, and the last part of that previous mishnah said parsu sadin shel bus. All right, he goes up there, and we the kohanim will will hold a sheet of linen uh, so that the people all around will not be able to see and he can uh, he can immerse in privacy. Uh, okay, use any sheet. Why does the sheet have to be made out of linen? Ravkana explained this. He explained it about the next Mishnah, which says the same thing, but so it applies here too. Um, because on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol had two sets of uniforms. One was the regular uniform with eight garments that he wore throughout the year and had gold on it. And that's what he used for the regular services. But any avodah that was particular for Yom Kippur, he would take those off and wear white only, made out of linen only. And so this is a reminder that, listen, today, anything for, 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 for the Bet HaMikdash is done with linen garments. So they use a linen garment while he's changing. So that is appropriate. All right, good. And now we go on uh, to the next thing that he's going to do. Pashat Yarad Betaval Ala Venistapaga. So he is going to take off. This is the first time this, he's just starting the day. So he's wearing his regular clothes, wearing his, you know, his pajamas, his, his big dechol. Um, and so he takes them off. Um, then he goes down, Yarad, he, he immerses in the, he, uh, uh, he descends to the where the ritual bath is, even though he's going up, but we call it Yarad. Um, well, in this case, this is one outside, so maybe that's why. Um, okay, Vitabal, he immerses himself. Uh, maybe Yarad Vitabal, because wherever he is, he's going down into the mikveh. So put, read those together. Um, Allah, and he comes out, meaning out of the mikveh, Vinistapak, and dries himself off. Why does he dry himself off? Well, it's convenient. You don't want to be wet the whole day, but there's also a halachic reason. Um, remember that his clothing has to be directly on his skin. So you don't want any water that would be interposing uh, between them. So that could be one reason. Um, and, and they bring him his gold clothes, meaning all eight, because the first thing he's going to do is korban tamid, which is a daily service, not, not particular to Yom Kippur. So he's going to wear his regular um, big Kohen uh, Gadol uniform. And uh, every time he, he, put, he changes clothes, not only does he go to the mikveh, but also washes his hands and feet. Um, and then 
uh, once he's dressed, they bring Korban Tamid, Kedasa. Kedasa is similar to doing Shechita, except it's just the minimum amount. He just makes uh, a cut, all, just sufficient for it to be um, uh, kosher, not, not a full cut that he would usually do. Umerek acher Shechita al yado. And um, a different Kohen would then complete uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the slaughter. Kibel et adam ve'uzrako. And he would receive the, the blessing, sorry, receive the blood and, uh, and sprinkle it. So the deal is that normally you can have many Kohanim involved. So one could do the full shechita and someone else, we mentioned earlier, right? Another Kohen would do the receiving of the blood and he can go and take it. But on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol has to do everything. So how are you going to do Shechita and receive the blood at the same time? Oh, by just starting the Shechita, doing it just enough to be kosher, hand it off to someone else who will complete the cut, and then the Kohen Gadol can come around and uh, receive the blood. He'll take the blood to the Mizbeach and pour it on and, and sprinkle it on the Mizbeach. So now he did, he did uh, the, uh, the Korban Tamid. Nichnas, the blood part of the Koban Tamid. Nichnas laktir ketoret shel shachar. He goes um, now into the Kodesh, right, where the Mizbacha Zahav is, and he offers the incense, the morning incense. Uletibetanerot, and he also prepares the wicks of the menorah, the last two of them. Ulakrib etarosh vetabarim vehachabitin. And then he goes back outside to the big Mizbeach, and he's going to place the head and the limbs of the Korban Tamid onto the, onto the Mizbeach, and as well as the Chavitin, the meal offering that the Kohen Gadol brings every day, Betayain, and also wine libation that goes with it. When he's done with that, Ketoret Shel Shachar Haita Kereba, okay, that's what he does. Um, now, a side note regarding order of items. Ketoret Shel Shachar Haita Kereba Ben Dam Le'evarim. In the morning, they did the Ketoret, Ketoret after the blood part of the Korban Tamid, but before the limbs, after the blood is sprinkled, but before the limbs are offered, just like we, we described just now. But in the afternoon, it's different. In the afternoon, we do the evarim first, and then he um, does the ketoret, and then he goes back and puts the nesachim, the libations, um, the, the, uh, the flour and the, the wine, onto the Mizbeach. So it's a little bit different. The Gemara and a couple of him from now will explain why. The Kohen Gadol is elderly, or istenis is a Greek word that means uh, weak or sickly. And the cold water of the mikveh, well, he, he cannot withstand it. So then we take some warm water and we, and we throw it into the mikveh. So in order to uh, temper the chill, make it a little, just a little lukewarm so that he can be comfortable and, uh, and can withstand it. That's very nice. Uh, okay, it's good. So that's the Mishnah, a lot of details and even more details in the discussion now. Uh, so we're going to discuss who is the author of this, of this Mishnah, right? The Mishnah mentioned that the first, the very first time he's wearing his big dechol. And so according to this, you see, he um, normally in the middle of the day when he's changing from one to the other, he is mikadesh adayim v'raglaim, um, then goes to the mikveh, and then mikadesh adayim v'raglaim again, right? So it's sandwiched. And in between there, he changes his clothes. Um, over here, you see in the Mishnah, uh, it just says that 
he goes to the mikveh, takes off his clothes, goes to the mikveh, and then puts on the new clothes and does kiddusha david aglaim once, right? It seems that because there's no need to do it beforehand because he is only taking off regular clothes, not 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 um, not kodesh clothes. Uh, so uh, he only has to do a half of it. All right, that's what we're going to analyze. Amaruah rabanan kameh papa. The rabbis uh, uh, said the following in front of the papa to get his reaction. This Mishnah must be in, in disagreement with Rabbi Meir. Uh, why? I'm going to show you Rabbi Meir in a minute. Rabbi Meir in general, in another place, in the next Mishnah, which I'll show you, says that you need to do Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim twice, for getting dressed, right? The Kiddush V'Raglam is before and after getting dressed. And here, since he is getting dressed with the Big uh, Day Zahav, he should have to do Kiddush Adam before and after. Okay, what are we talking about? What is it to be Meir? He's found in, uh, here in the Mishnah a little bit later on that says, um, when they bring him uh, to Betar Bavav, Kodesh Basud Sadin Shalbu, so they uh, once again they lift up a linen cloth. Kidesh Yadavid Aglav Upashat. So when he's already wearing his golden clothes, so the first thing he does is Kidush Yadavid is Kidush uh, and then take them off. So you see that Kidush Yadavid Aglaim is a preparation for getting undressed. Now, in our Mishnah, since he wasn't wearing any, any special clothes beforehand, he could skip this one, right? He just puts on the new clothes, puts on the new clothing and does the afterward. So this makes sense according to Rabbanan. However, according to the Bimeir Omer, Pashat, and then Kidesh Yadavir Aglav. First, he takes off his clothes, and only then he does Kidush Yadayim Viraglaim, and then he does Tevilah, right? And then... Um, he will get dressed and do Kiddush Adam again. According to the Bimeir, therefore, since you do Kiddush Adam Raglaim after you get undressed, it's not related to the getting undressed, but rather as a preparation for getting dressed uh, afterwards. So since every time you get dressed, according to Bimeir, you need Kiddush Adam before and after. So even in the first instance, the first case when he first comes in, he should require two. And our Mishnah says only one when he first gets dressed. And therefore, it seems that our Mishnah is according to Rabbanan and not according to the Bimeir. All right, that's their thesis. Uh, Rav Papa uh, disagrees. Um, but in the end, the students that said this in front of Papa are going to be right. They have a Braita to back them up. But so far, we're only using logic without a Braita. So Amadlu Rav Papa, no, no, I disagree. Ben Rabbanan, Ben Bimeir, Had Apeshita, Debigde Kodesh, Bechad Alibisha. Both of them agree that you do one uh, for getting undressed and one for getting dressed. The only question is which order, right? Even according to the Bimeir that says you do after you get undressed, it's still um, because you just got undressed, now you have to, it's still connected with that. And so if you're not taking off Big Day Kodesh, then you don't have to do it at all, like in this case. So here's what they argue. If you look at these two Pesukim here together, 
um, in uh, in in Acharemot. It says, So first he removes the clothing he had before, and then next pasuk That means go to the mikveh, and then velavash et begadav, and he gets dressed again. So since it says in uh, within uh, back to back within two pesukim, pashat and lavash. There's a comparison between the two. So everybody agrees that they're compared. Question is, what does that comparison mean? Just like when you are removing your clothing, um, you first you get dressed, and then you, uh, sorry, just like when you get dressed, you first get dressed, and then do kiddush adayim v'daglaim, so it's a second. So too, when you get undressed, first you get undressed, and then you do kiddush adayim v'daglaim. So he thinks that washing the hands and feet is always after the action. And so therefore, according to the Bimeir, it would go like this. When he uh, has you know, one, one type of clothing on, he would take them off, kiddush adayim v'daglaim, tevila, then get dressed, and kiddush adayim v'daglaim again. That's the comparison. So that way you always have after the action. He also thinks that you're going to compare them, but for a different reason. When he is, uh, just like he should do, when he is dressed, when, he's, when he gets dressed and he does it afterwards and he's, he is, has clothing on, so too when he gets undressed, he has to do it beforehand so that while he's doing Kiddush Adam he was wearing clothes. It's actually kind of curious. How would he do it when he's took off his clothes? You have to walk to the kiyod without clothes on. Uh, they, were they going to surround him with uh, with the towels the whole time? So he says, you always have to be dressed. Therefore, according to the banan, the order would be kiastic. You start with Kiddush Adam because you have clothes on, that's good. And then you take them off. Then you do Tevila. Then you get dressed. And then you do Kiddush Adam again at the end. Right, so that makes that makes sense. So that would be uh, Rabbanan, and so therefore the Papa says no. Both agree, Rabbanan and Abimeir agree that um, one one of the kiddush adayim raglam is for getting undressed, and one of them is attached to getting dressed. They only uh, the only question is for the getting undressed is it before or after? But if you're not getting undressed, meaning you're you're taking off just your personal pajamas, you're not taking off big dekodesh, then you don't need kiddush adayim raglam at all. Therefore, even the Bimeir can be the author of our Mishnah. So that's what our Papa said based on his logic, but he's proven wrong. Amru le Rabbanan le Papa. This is kind of unkind of the Rabbanan to be uh, a whole, ask him a question when they know a Braita, right? Maybe they just found out that someone else came and remembered this Braita after he said that. Can you really say that? So the first thing that they do in the morning, right, when he comes in, they're going to put the, uh, uh, the, the curtain. And then he's going to take off his regular clothes and he's going to go down to the mikveh. He's going to come up and get dry. And he's going to first wear his big dezahav and he puts them on. And he does kiddush adam So you see, this is the Tanakama, just like our Mishnah. You do kiddush adam once after, at the end. Oh, Vimir says you take off his takes off his, his, his pajamas and he does kiddush adam then. After that, 
then he goes to the mikveh, comes up and dries, and then they bring him this his uh, his half clothing, and he puts them on. He does again. So you see that according to the bimeir, in fact, explicit in this brayta, the kedusha is all associated with getting dressed, right? So every time he gets dressed with new big dekondish, he's going to do kedusha before and after. Uh, so really, he would in fact need to because it has nothing to do with undressed. We don't care that he got undressed before because he wasn't wearing big deck Kodesh. Ma'alehu itanya, tanya, papa says, if it's a braita, it's a braita. I give up, I submit, right? I had. I thought I had a good logic, but you have an explicit source, so that's fine. Okay, and last point. Bishlama l'rebi me'ir, hainu demashkachat la asada kiddushin. Now, remember we started off saying, in general, on Yom Kippur, over the whole course of the whole day, there are 10 times that he uh, washes his hands and feet, right? 10 times because each of the time he changes would be a one before and after. And so I understand, according to the Bimeir, how you get to number 10, because the first one has two, right? Before the Tevila and after the Tevila. So that's two with that with that Tevila. And so the rest of them, right, are all, uh, everyone would agree. So that's how you get to 10. But according to Rabbanan, the first time he comes in to change, you said he, they say he only do, does one Kiddush Yadayim for, for that. So you have two for the rest of them, but the first one's only one. So he's missing one. It's only going to be nine. How's he going to explain this? Where's he going to get the other one from? Answer. Amri lach Rabbanan, Kiddusha batra, ki pashet bigdeh kodesh, belavesh bigdeh chol, abid lehatam. Rabbanan say all the way at the end of the day, he'll make up for it. Because according to Rabbanan, you have to do Kiddush Adayim Raglaim when you remove Big Dek Kodesh. At the end of the day, when he last does his last thing and takes off his Big Dek Kodesh, Rabbanan will require him to do Kiddush Adayim Raglaim before he gets undressed from Big Dek Kodesh for the final time. And that's will make it up. At that time, the Bimeir will not require it because the Bimeir never requires Kiddusha Daim for getting undressed. He only requires two for every time you get dressed. And so they, they even each other out. The Banan only need one at the beginning of the day and one at the end of the day. The Bimeir, because he says it all has to do with getting dressed, requires two at the beginning of the day and none at the end of the day. And that's how they even each other out. And they both get to ten. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.